0: Okay, are your clocks about to change? We go, okay. we go forward an hour. Uh, okay, so how does that... I don't
1: know. I've never been put in such a vulnerable position I'm pressing hard now just to feel the ignition
2: Hello, and welcome to another installment of Idea Lemon's Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, and I am a certified G and a bona fide stud, but I'm also the Idea Lemon co-founder and your show's co-host. Per the use, I am joined by my co-founder and co-host, Marty McFly, a.k.a. Martin McGovern, This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. In this episode... We're with entrepreneur and productivity expert, Paul Miners, and the thing that's been on his mind recently has been this idea of impatience. He's got a lot of goals, you might have a lot of goals, and it's hard to take a step back and just take your time with them. So we explored the question, how do you deal with impatience? Now, before we get rolling, I'd like to extend an invitation to you, to join our tribe over at idealemon.com. Subscribe to the email newsletter and you can get all of our great stories and advice on more things like what we talk about on this show that'll help you on your career journey. Without further ado, let's dive into our conversation now with Paul Miner's productivity expert, where we
0: explore the question, how do you deal with impatience? Impatience is... um it's something I feel I like I definitely struggle with a lot. Um, I think it's, it's naturally something that like productive people or people, you know, high, high performers in general, people that are highly motivated struggle with, you know, that you, anyone that's setting a goal has got like an outcome in mind of something they want to achieve and they, you, you want it as quick as you can. There's no, there's no, uh, extra satisfaction can be had really <laughs> by like Achieving something slowly I think we can safely assume that most people want to achieve their goals as quickly as they can and I'm, I'm definitely in that basket of people and so like with me I'm, I'm building my website I want to build uh, create like a passive income off my website and use that to quit my job and create the, the freedom that I want in life and I want that as quick as I can. Um, and so uh, you know impatience is something I struggle with, um, and it, I, I, I try and combat that by just working more and more and more and uh, like just ask my wife you know she's always she's always commenting on like how impatient I am, not not just with the work that I do as well, even like you should see me in the car if, uh, <laughs> if I'm stuck behind like a slow driver, I get very impatient um, and uh, I think yeah, like I said it's just like a naturally inherent part of being someone who's motivated and working towards a goal, you just kind of struggle with this struggle with not being able to achieve them as, as quickly as you want to.
3: Yeah, and I, I kinda wonder with with what you're saying there. So you're saying you're impatient because you're trying to achieve a goal and and you mentioned the word freedom. You you're trying to achieve a certain level of freedom. And I always wonder, because you know, I mean we're sitting here talking about impatience because we've all experienced it in some way. And I I wonder, you know, people with this mindset, people like us, it's like there, once you achieve some level of freedom, you just find a way to fill it with new goals. (laughs) So like, yeah, like it's, it's not like one day we'll get to that moment of freedom or moment of success and be like, well, now I have no need for impatience anymore, no more goals. And like, that's it. It's like, that's that's never something to get to. So I always wonder, it's like impatience to get to a point just so that we can pick up, either continue the impatience or pick up new impatience or, or transfer that impatience somewhere else. So I, I don't know. I wonder what your guys' thoughts are on that.
2: I think there's an interesting balance between... So just a few days ago, I was on the phone with uh, someone who's going to be taking... Uh, a, a student who's going to be taking uh, our next online class. And he was saying... He's content right now, but he's struggling with is content the same as happiness? Is contentment the same as happiness? And he knows there's like a, a very fine line between mm. the two. And he's convinced it's not the same, which I would agree with him. And what I think is pretty unique about that mindset or, or that realization is that, like you said, there is a certain level of freedom you want to get to, but when you get there, then like, you, know, you can revel in it for a little while, but there's only going to be another thing you want to get to. For most people, not everyone, but for a lot of people, that's kind of just how we work as far as motivation goes. We achieve something, and then when we achieve it, we're like, there's got to be something
3: else to achieve. Yeah, because when you have something, it becomes old hat. Old
0: hat? Oh,
1: yeah. Is that a phrase?
0: I think that's a phrase. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I mean I can totally resonate with that just cuz I think about uh if I think about just the last couple of years the last maybe 3 years since I finished uni and the things that have happened to me the major ma- milestones in my life I've been able to buy a house get married I've had some really great successes and um I don't I don't like forget those by any means but you're absolutely right in that you achieve one thing and there's this moment of like, yes, this is awesome, but you very quickly move on. And, and you once you've created that mental space to now focus on something else, it's very quick to fill. And, um, uh, Martin, as you were talking, I just couldn't help but think about the the story of the Mexican fisherman from 4-Hour yep, Workly.
3: That's the first thing that popped into my
2: head. You want to
0: you do the cliff notes of that? I don't know if uh, everyone's
2: familiar with that.
0: Yeah, uh, so I'll, t- I'll try and uh, tell the story as best I can. Uh, so there's a Mexican fisherman and uh, – he, uh, oh gosh, you guys are going to have to help me with the story if I, if I lose track. But, uh, yeah, Mexican fisherman and he, he just spends his time fishing. He buys enough fish for himself and to feed his family and his close friends. And he spends his day just socializing, playing his guitar and just, uh, uh, yeah, enjoying this really modest lifestyle. And he's met by the. Uh, New York businessman who comes on holiday and he said hey why don't you why don't you expand your operation you're doing so well why don't you uh, you know buy a bigger boat or employ some people to sail a couple of boats and you can go and get more fishermen. And then he's like, well, why would you do that? And it's because, well, then you can grow. Then you can have like a big warehouse and you can, you can uh, expand your operation even more. And eventually, and it, the story kind of goes on a lot more than what I'm saying, but he's like, eventually you can float on the stock exchange and make uh, loads of money so that you can, um, yeah, be incredibly successful. And he's like, well, why would you want to do that? And then he says, well, so that you can retire and just go and spend your time fishing on a small boat in Mexico somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
3: and spend time
0: playing guitar with your family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
2: And he's like, well, I'm already doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, no, it's a, it's a really good story. I try and remind myself of that. Uh, yeah, when you were talking about like being content and being happy, at um, I try and remind myself that you know, the... Happiness can come from like very simple things and just uh, appreciating what you have in the here and now and not obsessing too much on the future.
2: Yeah, it's well, and that's something that I just kind of have always struggled with. Is right now is never enough. Uh, I think I, I think the word enough is like the best way to say that. I constantly feel like I'm not doing enough. Um, not necessarily don't have enough in terms of like material possessions. Um, but I always feel like I get really antsy if it's say it's like a Saturday afternoon and I'm just sitting watching TV. I feel like something is wrong. Like I should be working or I should be socializing or I should be doing something. But when I'm just sitting there and quote unquote doing nothing, I'm like, wait, no, no, there's something I'm supposed to be attending to right now, or I'm forgetting to be doing something or I just I have this uh, pretty strong sense of guilt come over me. I don't know if you ever
0: experienced that. Yeah, um, I I try and uh, yeah I try and appreciate those moments because I feel like if you are someone that works hard and you spend eighty percent of your time like, like really working towards the different goals in your life, you can you're allowed to have that downtime because um, it is very easy to like push the push the bar too far and then just and be spending all of your time kind of working 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 and I know that if I if I get head down working too much like um and I'm not spending enough time with my wife for example she'll be like Paul you need to kind of put things down like let's just spend some time together you're working too much and um it's important that she kind of reins me in sometimes because it's easy it's easy to get carried away and so I try and um not let that downtime um create like like create that sense of guilt in me. Cause I, I, I feel that hey, yeah, as, as people that work hard, you should be able to enjoy a little bit of downtime. I don't know. What, what do you think, Reggie?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's not to say like, I don't enjoy my downtime, but it's like, if it's my downtime, I still want to be doing something. So like I want to be yeah. like out with friends. I want to be, yeah. I want to be having an activity going on. And even if it's sitting, watching TV, it's like, I want to find a particular show and do like, and be like, all right, I'm going in and watching five episodes of House of Cards. And like, but, but if it's, like, just sitting and, like, carelessly or, I guess, mindlessly flipping through the channels, uh, then I'm like, what am I doing? I've got to have some, f- like, framework for this.
3: Yeah, and I think it's about wanting to feel like what you're doing matters or is productive in some way. Because I remember back when I was an RA in college, uh, we had to be in the dorm for 24 to 48 hours at a time like you could not leave. And so this was <laughs> right when Hulu came out and it was all free. Everything on Hulu was free. And I would be stuck in this dorm. Just you, I couldn't leave. I couldn't go get fresh air. So I would sit and I would just watch every episode of every show that was on Hulu. And they weren't good shows. Like <laughs> they didn't have premium shows on Hulu at the time. Um, so I like watched... Like, all of Seinfeld again. Well, that's a um, good show. That's a good show. Uh, but, like, that was the starting point, And it devolved into, like... I was watching the sci-fi show Eureka. And it's, like... It's... It's not good. It's, like... It was somewhat entertaining for the first, like, few episodes. And then it was just bad. And I watched, like, five seasons of it. And it got to the point where I was literally sitting there. And I just... <clears throat> I went to... Because Hulu just would keep changing the episodes. I literally just had to stop stand up and say out loud like what are you doing (laughs) like you can't be this mindless for this many hours you have to do something and I look at that in stark contrast to today where like I'll sit down to watch a show and I'll pick like better call Saul so that I can watch the story structure and like analyze the show as I'm watching it and I don't know, the thing I always get stuck in is like wanting to be productive with your downtime, which seems counterintuitive. And I don't know, I feel like there is there is a lot of value in trying to be productive with your downtime or trying to learn from the passive activities that you have. Um, but I don't know, I, I feel like some like a lot of people will encourage you to just check out and stop trying to like get so much out of everything you're doing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I actually recently wrote a little bit about this uh, on my blog. I wrote an article on, um, like, this idea of people being too busy. And um, one of the things I talked about was, like, people, you you should actually schedule time. I use my calendar a lot, but um, you should schedule time for laziness I, I described it as but what i actually mean is like schedule time for the for the things that you you want to do you don't have to just schedule time for meetings and work and, and when you're going to do different things you can actually schedule it for like if you want to if you want to spend a sunday afternoon watching house of cards like actually you could put it in your calendar and um or, or if you want to spend the time reading or going out with friends put all those kind of little things in your calendar and i think the advantage of doing that is um You're actually making time for it, and you can then fit the other important tasks around the the downtime that you've already scheduled. And that way, I think as well, you're putting constraints and you're controlling the downtime. So if you say, oh, I'm going to allow myself to spend like two hours watching House of Cards – um, you've carved out that time in your calendar and mentally in your head. It's you, you've put more control on it and, and that way it's harder to like spiral out of control and end up watching 10 hours of house of cards. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's like a, uh, maybe that's overthinking it. But for me doing that kind of thing, um, helps a bit and, and I don't want to, um, be too overkill with it, I, I'm not going to schedule absolutely everything. But if mm-hmm. if I've made a deliberate um, decision like, oh, I really should spend more time reading, like that's typically something <laughs> I'm sure people do at the beginning of the year is like, I want to read more. Put those kind of things in your calendar and then it's, it's easier to... Um, like implement because you've you've mentally committed to doing it and it's on your calendar it's you've made this commitment versus if you just kind of say oh I should read more without actually thinking about when or how much time am I going to allocate to this it's it's kind of harder to execute on those things um, I don't know what, what do you guys think to that approach of like kind of scheduling time for the scheduling your downtime in a sense
3: well i i'm I'm curious to know if Raj remembers the time where I used to Schedule literally every minute of the day. Do you remember that like three or four years ago? Uh, give me like the example. So like, I don't know, there, was a, there it was like this time to this time, wake up, this time to this time, work out, this time to this time, uh, eat breakfast, this time to this time, go to work, this time to this time, be at work. And then I'd have my work schedule. And then yeah. afterward, it'd be like, this time to this time, go to do Ideal and stuff. This time to this time, meet with a friend for a drink. This time to this I time. I think I remember that. Yeah, and it was the whole week was planned out that way. I had all these different colors and all this different stuff all over the calendar. And I think it was good to, like, break me out of the mindlessly doing things. But then, of course, as with everything that I do, I go to from one extreme to the other. Yeah, And there was, like, a running joke with some of my friends where it's like, if – if they're if they're just like hey want to get drinks after work I'll send them a calendar invite and yeah I mean I do that yeah it's like <laughs> which I still do. I'll forget about it yeah and that's the thing if it's the thing is if it's not on my calendar I won't remember to happening. do it yeah it doesn't exist and so I don't know I think they're I think that that approach really does work and it's it has worked for me I think be aware some people get turned off by it <laughs> like,
1: yeah um, I think it's a balance yeah. right yeah
2: but I, I agree with you as well to the scheduling the downtime and i think um like if you were to look at my calendar whenever there's a wwe pay-per-view event like i've got that on the calendar so i'm like i know it's happening that night and i'm going to sit down and watch it and not do anything else but watch it um but it, but that but when you you kind of hit on there when what i'm kind of see realizing with the guilt aspect is that if i like i don't want to spend my downtime Doing things I don't care about. Yeah. So like my downtime is still fun, but it's like it's involved in an interest that I, that I have
3: an interest in, I guess. Yeah. So then it can play into something that you're doing later. Yeah. Even if it's passive, you know? Right. You're just like a conversation I'm going to have. Yeah. But
2: like you'll rarely catch me, I guess, stumbling across an episode of something. Because I'm not going in being like, I'm just going to turn on the TV
3: and see what I find. Yeah, I, I haven't watched reality TV in uh, probably like <laughs> yeah. seven.
2: Yeah, I years. never like really was into reality TV. Yeah. that's a story for another day. So,
0: I guess, I guess, like to address what you said, Rajiv, you know, you want to make sure you're spending your time, uh, you know, doing things that you care about. You should almost start with like doing an audit of well, what do you, what do you care about? Like, what are the things in your life that deserve your time you know who are the people you want to see like friends and family what are the activities you want to do like maybe what do you want to learn what is the new skill you want to learn what books do you want to read and kind of even just starting with a basic list of these are things that I would be happy to spend my downtime on and just kind of starting with that as a way of then blocking out the time for those things and for those people you want to see
2: yeah and I guess I should caveat that None of what I'm saying is relevant to the last three months because (laughs) I haven't had any downtime in the last three months. Um,
1: But no, yeah, you have a
2: point there. And I think, um, I guess for the most part, I I, I am pretty good with that stuff. It's just, you know, you'll never escape those instances where you just feel yourself getting antsy because you're not doing something that, you know, or because you're doing something you don't necessarily want to be doing or care about.
3: And I think antsiness is your body or your mind telling you that, It wants something. Like, I'm going to be going to uh, C2E2 um, next week. And I'm not going to go for all three days. But the day I'm going, there's like seven panels I want to see. So I have to, like, navigate which panel. And so, like, there's an, there's, I'm not going to be sitting around that day. I mean, it's going to be a Friday. But, like, I'm not going to be sitting around that weekend, like, antsy to do something. Because I've found something to fill that time. And I notice, like, it's kind of that feeling you get when, your body really wants to work out and like you feel weird because you haven't like moved, like your muscles feel that. You said you
2: don't get that feeling.
3: I do. (laughs) Uh, And so like, but I I used to get that when, uh, when I, so when I first got the, I, I bought a longboard and I would like ride around and I'd be like really tired. And then the next day I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, okay, now I'm getting antsy. That's like, I feel like that's your body telling you that, you're craving something whether it's knowledge whether it's exercise whether it's um, you know mental stimulation or something um, and so it's almost just like a nice compass of what's right and wrong in, in, in your approach to that day maybe
0: yeah I mean uh, just to take us in a slightly different direction like the other thing I find interesting is and, and this is kind of going back to what we talked about earlier where like if you're ever feeling guilty during your downtime, And you feel like, oh, I need to be doing something. And and like you said, Martin, you're getting antsy. You feel like you need to be spending your time in a more appropriate way and more productive way. The danger is that, like, you can end up doing things. Maybe you want to do some, you, you think you need to be doing some work. You end up doing things that you think are the right things to be doing like uh and you're just kind of being active versus effective you know you're just doing stuff for the sake of doing something mm-hmm. and you create this like false sense of productivity and you think oh cool at least i've done some work mm-hmm. um but actually you you've done things that don't really matter or they're not going to they're not going to advance you towards your goal as much as other tasks might and it's just like creating this false sense of productivity um do you ever have that or what do you, what do you think to well, it's like making
2: a to-do list and having like open laptop be a thing on the <laughs> <your laughs> list. It's like you get the satisfaction of checking off the box, but it, it was a given you were going to open your laptop. Yeah.
3: <laughs> at least we'd hope so. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, unless you have a non-computer-based job. Yeah. In which case, opening a laptop could be a big, a big step forward in your day. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, it's actually what I, what I was laughing at before when you said you know, like scheduling out certain things. But you're like, I obviously don't schedule out everything. So the uh, the last company I worked for, one of the, um, like, senior vice presidents of the company uh, and managing directors, he would, you know, like, in an organization, you can see other people's calendars. Yeah. He, like, didn't set certain things to, like, just say private if he didn't want them to be private for other people. So, like, there were certain times where he had, like, scheduled out, uh, like, in the nighttime on his calendar, sex with wife Oh no <laughs> And he was like a pretty jovial and just like super funny dude, so he didn't care, but it was just like hilarious it'd be like sex with wife it was on calendar. <laughs>
0: set set to repeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It was lucky. laughs>
2: um I also think part of this impatience angle is, so it goes beyond just the downtime and the doing activities, even down to like the minute uh you know, let's say we're in conversation. So let's say we're like in line with Starbucks, and then I go to order. Or I go to the bathroom. The other person is going to like instinctively take out their phone and start looking at it because there's like an Im- there's even an impatience with just being in the moment, and we have we have this strong craving to be distracted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why it's uh why do we, cause that I, I, I get, I face those moments like quite a lot and you, I look around sometimes and like everyone in the room is on their phone. I'm like, why don't we just enjoy each other's company? And it's, uh, <laughs> My yeah, favorite it's thing is,
2: you know, you'll go out to a bar and, and this happens, this happened a lot. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I did this personal experiment where I gave up texting for a month and I called people, you know, novel concept. <laughs> And I actually was on time to things because I couldn't text saying I was running late or that, you know, I wouldn't make it. So I showed up to things and I was on time, but I would get somewhere. The other people I was meeting up would be running late. And I would just stand there at the bar, let's say, or wherever it was. And I would just stand and observe and just look around. And people would look at me like with a funny look, like, what's this guy staring at? And also there were a couple instances that I just, I thought were hilarious where like this group of girls would come into the bar, you know say, five, six friends, they'd all they'd all walk in, like, find their place, either standing or sitting, and then they would all take out their phones and, and do something on their phone, either check in on Foursquare or text someone else. Who's or on Foursquare post- anymore? This was a few years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or post something to Facebook. And I'm just like, aren't you with the people you want to be with? Nope. Why are you trying to talk to everyone else who's not here? <laughs>
3: Because Becky couldn't show up, and so if I don't text her to let her know what she's missing out on, she's totally going to not have FOMO.
2: Well, there's that great, uh, that Seinfeld stand-up where he's like, Why are your friends so annoying?
3: Alright, so what I want to talk about tonight is why are your friends so annoying? It doesn't make any sense. These are the people you have picked to be with. You're like these people, and yet everything that they do, you're never going to the right restaurant. You got, you gotta go. It's so great, great
1: restaurant.
2: I think it's, it's I think that's, that, that kind of stuff is funny, but I, I don't know. Like, what do you think, Paul? In terms of what, what's your experience when you go somewhere? Are you the one who's keeping your head up, or do you like do you also bury your head in your phone or what?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of burying my head and, um, but, but I'm, I'm trying to more and more keep my head up. Like you just said. Um, and the, uh, I wanted to talk about, um, have you seen the movie, uh, way of the peaceful warrior or read the book way of the peaceful warrior? No. no. Oh my gosh. It's that's a, uh, like a really good book to read around this discussion. And it's, it's the story of, uh, Dan Millman. So he's a true story. Well, it's weird. It's true, but definitely there's some fictional elements to it. But Dan Millman was a, 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 an Olympic gymnast. And um, it's the story of when he was at college training to get ready for the Olympics. And he meets this guy who we don't know his real name, but he calls him Socrates. And he's this really wise old man who works at this petrol station who basically teaches Dan how to become, quote, a peaceful warrior and someone who's more content with being in the here and now. And because Dan is someone who's very motivated, he wants to win the gold at the Olympics. That's all he cares about. And what he's doing is he's ignoring life around him and the, the beauty of the being in the moment because he's so obsessed on this goal. So, um, like, it's a great book. It's a great movie. Definitely check it out. But uh, one of the great lines from the movie, which it ends on, is um, he says, like, Dan, what time is it? Oh, no, he says, Dan, where are you? No, sorry. It starts with what time? Sorry, sorry. He says, Dan, what time is it now? He says, where are you? Here. Um, And he says, what are you? I am this moment. And I really like that, um, that kind of quote. It just reminds me, like, here, now, in this moment, like, this is the most important things. And the other, another great quote from the book is, um, he says, there are no ordinary moments, like every moment we're in, even though it might feel routine, like here I am Saturday morning, I often uh, do calls like this on a Saturday. This is actually uh, an extra, uh, there is no ordinary moment like this, because every day is different. And you've got to appreciate that, because you're never going to have this moment again. And uh I, that's a really nice um story that kind of grounds me and tries to it it helps me to keep my head up so that when I'm in those moments in the bar or with friends I'm trying to I always try and remind myself here now be in the moment like you're not going to be in this moment again uh just enjoy being with friends and don't don't yeah don't get sucked in and keep your head down
3: very poetic Thank you. <laughs> should have shouted out spoilers beforehand, though. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. But, yeah, it, I think that's really cool. And um, especially when it comes to, there's, like, there's sort of the bigger piece, which is, like, you and your friends and the people you're around and, like, actually being with them and, and engaged with them. So, like, this call, we're all actually listening to each other and responding, which is not every conversation that people uh-huh. have. Um, but I also think it's micro things like when you're by yourself, how, how you were saying it's like, um, every morning I'm, you know, make myself my breakfast and, and I've got the eggs and the bread and the cheese and everything. And I go through this whole process that's very routine at this point. I've been doing it for a couple of years is the same routine every single time. And then I sit down and usually like, I'll just lose time between like finishing making it and like walking out the door. You know, it'll be like, whoa, how did I just, like, get from one point of, like, cooking to, like, all of a sudden I'm already on the train. And one of the things that I have to do is sort of actually stop, like, right before I eat and be like, okay, don't just inhale this and walk out the door. Like, actually taste what you're about to eat. And, and in just a micro sense, like, every moment throughout the day, um, we're usually, like, three steps ahead trying to think, like, once this is done, I can do that. Yeah, And it's like, okay, you know, I know you got to get to the train. I know you got to do these things, but like you just spent 15 minutes making breakfast. Enjoy what you just did, what you just created and, and take a step. And, uh, that's sort of a thing that I've been doing on a micro level to kind of be
1: more in the moment, the way this book and movie are talking about. What about you guys? I struggle with eating intentionally.
2: We talked about this a couple of times before with, but- Every time I – not every time. Most times when I sit down and I'm like, I'm just going to eat. I'll get a minute in and I'll be like, "This but I haven't seen a certain show in a while, so I'll prop my phone up on the table and watch that on Netflix. Or eh, there's an interesting article I could read. Why don't I read that while I'm eating? Or maybe I could do some work while I'm eating, that kind of stuff. Um, unless I'm engaged with another person, I really struggle with – The intentional eating and just being in the moment, which is interesting because, in most other aspects, I would say I'm very good at being in the moment. Like, I think, relative to most people, I'm pretty good at not checking my phone if I'm around people, um, not texting while someone's trying to talk to me and being like, uh huh, which is like, you know, you don't actually process anything a person says. I'm sorry, what were you saying? (laughs) I wasn't paying attention.
1: (laughs) Uh, Those kinds of things and just, I guess, enjoying things. Um, Well, the first couple things I said are true. The part about enjoying things, that's actually something that
2: I found interesting about myself and is part of my personality type, um,
1: which is when I am in the moment of, let's say it's like, I don't know, let's say I'm hanging out with friends
2: or let's say I'm like at a baseball game or something like that. I'll be having fun, but in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking like, what like what else needs to happen here? <laughs>
1: like,
2: uh, why, like, what do I need to be bringing up in conversation? Or what, what hasn't been said yet? Or mm. what random element could enter this situation that would either derail or make this better? So on that note, I... When I am in, in the moment of something, basically except for yoga and meditating. Well, and even meditating, I'm thinking about what are the future moments of the day. Yeah, I'd you're be.
3: planning yeah. your day when you
2: meditate. <laughs> so yeah. I guess yoga is the only thing that I'm just truly focused on what's
3: happening on the mat. No, but you said even when you're doing yoga, you're listening to the story arc of the instructor yeah, and you're like trying to figure out when he's going to get to the climax of the class so that you know when to put the maximum effort in.
0: Yeah fuck (laughs) i'm ruined (laughs) to to go back to the eating thing like i'm definitely the same where i martin i wish i could be an intentional eater but i have this problem where i just seem to inhale food and i just eat at a phenomenal speed and it's terrible because if i ever go out to like a nice fancy place it's totally wasted on me and i'll 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 just engulf my meal in about 30 seconds seconds and it's gone and it's just the most beautiful meal that is I, I don't appreciate one-tenth as much as i should because i've just eaten it way too quickly yeah. so that's that's my problem and it's it's a it's a curse really uh is that i just eat way too quickly just, uh, but, a, he-
3: just a heavy breather you know it's just
0: <gasps> <laughs> it just it just gets sucked up yeah <laughs> uh,
3: Kirby, and then
0: and then yeah uh would you actually sorry what was the second point you were just talking about it was the
3: uh it's actually enjoying the moment and yeah
0: i'm kind of like my mind is always thinking
3: about like what else needs to be happening
0: here yeah that's right i definitely get that where like do you ever have i i like i was thinking i was out last night actually it was a 21st i was at a um this 21st party for a younger friend and he yeah it was one of those things you like look forward to all day you're like oh cool great get to go out tonight it's gonna be real fun socialize uh yeah i'm looking forward to it you get there and then it's like Okay, now I'm looking forward to leaving. I wanna, I wanna be, uh, I wanna be doing this. And like, well what am I, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do tomorrow? How am I gonna? What? Yeah. And I just, I, as soon as you get somewhere, and even even though you were looking forward to that thing, you, you just move on so quickly to thinking about the next thing. And it's, uh, it's, it's. How do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's tricky. Well,
3: and that goes into scheduling your day because that's what I would always do. I'd be like, all right, well, I checked that box off. Now what? Yeah. And um, I think the way that the thing I've noticed it most sharply in recently is a conversation. So I have pretty high anxiety I would say uh, from conversations I've had with people who don't have as high of anxiety as me. Sorry. <laughs> Talk about being in the moment. I'm fiddling with wires right now. Yeah, but, he's, like, he's like messing <laughs> up with my ability to hear what's going um, on. I'm like, fiddling with my head but <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've noticed uh, recently is um, trying, especially because I've tri- been trying to meditate, but being okay with silence in conversations uh, for most of my life. I've, I had four brothers. I, I have four brothers. I didn't have four brothers. I have four brothers, <laughs> and the house is just so noisy, and every moment was filled with noise. And, it was a treat for your mother. Yeah, yeah, poor <laughs> mom. And, like, the, the thing was is that we never really talked about anything. We would just fill the silence with movie quotes and Seinfeld quotes and, you know, Simpsons quotes. We, we just, like, couldn't be quiet. And what I found is that, like, now in conversation, I'll get really high anxiety as soon as the topic runs out of things to say. Like, as soon as... If, if you're talking to someone that it doesn't click and, like, you run out of things to say, my anxiety will kick in and be like, you have to come up with something now, which just takes you out of that moment. Takes you. It, it puts you on that, I'm not enjoying this, I'm just trying to, like, turn it into work, almost sort of a thing. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've been... Um, trying to get better at and and con- will consistently try to get better at is like allowing silence to just happen. And uh, in one of my improv classes that I took, they made you wait three seconds before responding to the other person so that you would, you would not just respond with whatever gut funny thing that you thought you had to say, you'd actually respond with a real answer. And so it really kind of just put you in this mindset of like, You're standing there, everyone's watching you, and you're not allowed to talk, but you know you have to say something soon. And so instead of like blurting something out, you'll actually just respond like a normal human being. And so I'm trying to apply that to real life. I like how you did that there, (laughs) the slow slow (laughs) cadence of the sentence. See how the whole podcast tone just shifted?
0: (laughs) Well, We're all going to start taking huge gaps between our next answer. <laughs> just, this is the, this is the gap
2: tooth version of communication. It is. There's, there's big gaps. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think that's important, as, and it's something I'm working on as well, is being okay with that. And one of the things that I've really been working on recently is not using um to fill the silence. So I may have just blown my cover on this podcast, and if people listen back to the episodes, they're going to be like, damn, he does say um, a lot. Now you'll <laughs> never unhear it. But that's one of the things that I frequently, because my the way my brain works is I'm going to basically talk out my thoughts instead of know exactly what I'm going to say and and then recite that. It's, I'm going to come to a conclusion as I'm talking it out. Which leads to a lot of ums and ahs and what I'm you know I am working on that which is helping me be more react or I guess sorry not reactive but listening to what people are actually saying and then like you said responding which I think is interesting that you brought that point up because 10 or 15 minutes ago you made a point and I intentionally did not jump back in with a response, but then you filled the silence with, what do you guys think about that? Yep.
3: And it was only maybe an eighth of a second of silence. Yeah. (laughs) And the reason is because we're on a timer. And like, that's, that's why this is so just keyed up in my head right now, because we're sitting here and we're like, people are going to listen to this. And we're not the type of podcast where we go in and edit out the silence, which a lot of podcasts do. And so sometimes the silence is beautiful. Sometimes.
1: The sound of silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: how are you on the, what's your take on the awkward pause or the, I've been kind of
3: quiet over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I've been, I've been uh, enjoying the silence or, or trying to be intentionally silent to absorb what you guys are saying. It's <laughs> no, I, I, I agree, and I, uh, Rajiv, I like what you said about trying to remove the ums and the ahs from you your sentences to try and just speak with more clarity and intention and um oh look there no, I just said it um ah oh, damn it <laughs> so you yeah, know I agree and I was going to say as take well take a shot uh, for
2: every time you say um <laughs> oh
0: man <laughs> I'd be it's one of those things as soon as you realize you're doing it you realize like it, it happens all the time um ah again. <laughs> But the other thing I was thinking about was uh, like the meaningless stuff we say as well during conversation. So when you do run out, if you don't say am um, or "ah," you might just bring out something like, oh, so beautiful day today. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> you're just saying anything. And for some reason, we always default to talking about the weather. But you'll just <laughs> you'll just do anything the that kind of fills the silence. It's just weird. Yeah.
2: Yeah, don't get me started on um, I absolutely hate talking about the weather. Yeah.
3: So here's here's a way not to talk about the weather. Uh just start asking extremely personal questions that no one would ever ask. Just like How so? your cycles. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> sure we can't cut this podcast? Well <laughs> <laughs> we were just uh in the yeah, I said uh... uh. we're gonna do it the rest of the time, so just live with it. We were just uh <laughs> I
1: can't. I can't do this
3: sentence.
1: <laughs> you in know, like her
2: elevator ride up to the fifth floor of the office, uh, the co-working space that we work in. Prior to getting on the elevator, there were two other people in the building who knew each other, I guess loosely or kind of well, but they didn't have a whole lot to say. And while waiting for the elevator, it, the exchange was, "Oh, how are you?" And the other girl was like, "Oh, I'm good. Good.
1: Weather's to- great today." Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh, man. Are you going to St. Patrick's Day? Which is not a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're already wearing a green jacket. You're right, I am. It's like, oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, well, so this is touching on a couple things. It's the need to know that what we're saying is accepted and validated by the other person. So I think that's a reason why we jump straight to so what's your thought on that? Instead of letting there be silence and seeing what they come back with, it's, you want to know that what you just said has some merit with the other person.
1: I don't accept what you just said. <laughs> I see what you did though. Oh! <laughs> Now we're all awkward pauses. I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just about. To, I was just about to jump in with. Yeah, I totally agree. But then I was. I, I wanted us to uh, respect the silence. I, I was going to. See who was how gonna long, be, yeah, how long. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to see who who's going to break. Who's going to break? It, yeah,
3: <laughs> if you could fill all these awkward pauses with Paul Simon's uh, "Sounds of Silence," yeah. that'd be great. Or just yeah. like
2: ducks quacking. <laughs> just a podcast where every That's what
3: every all few vi- phrases here just, all, our, brah, brah. all our videos ended with tux, yeah. it's true.
0: The other <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about, which I guess is kind of semi related to you know when you're when you're talking with people in like open discussion, is uh, I'll as well as trying trying to kind of remove the ums and the ahs and the the boring kind of time filling random questions that we use the other thing I'll try and work on when having conversations is is speaking in a more like effective and I guess clear way and something I've found that helps a lot with this is actually is writing because when you're I don't know what you guys think but when you're like writing for a blog or anything at all any kind of writing I suppose but I think about like blog writing um you you it, writing forces you to think about like the most concise way to put something into words, and as you as you go back and edit, you'll you know you will typically will write a draft, and then you'll go back and edit, and you'll go actually there's a there's a there's a better way to say this. I can say it with fewer words, and typically like the fewer words you can use, the better. Um, but we don't have that with normal speech. What we do is we speak and that's our, that's our first draft. We don't then go, actually guys, I'm going to say it again with fewer (laughs) words. And so you only get one shot at making your point. And so that's just the other thing I've tried to be, uh, I to work on recently is just speaking with more clarity uh, clarity and in a more concise way, um, in my first attempt so that I can communicate my message more effectively So, I don't know if that's a bit of a tangent, but just yeah. Yeah, That's a
2: really good point because I'm able to have certain conversations because I've written about that topic before. And I'm able to come across as maybe smarter than I actually am in the conversation because the thoughts have been formalized already and put down on paper. So, like, I've actually had someone before say, Man, how do you, like, how'd you just come up with that? And I'm like, Oh, I didn't. I wrote a blog post about it two months ago.
3: And that's a funny thing about patience, too, right? Because you said recently that you wish you were a better speaker and that in someday in the future you might take speaking classes. But to anyone else who is, like, petrified of public speaking, you're a fantastic speaker. <laughs> but, you know, we've been doing this for a year and a half. We've been doing public speaking for four or five years and, like, longer than that. And, like, it's funny because... That just completely proves the original point of, like, the impatience will never go away. It's like you were just as impatient to become a better speaker as you are today. It's like now you just want to get to, like... The next level. The next level, which is, like, people who have zero ums or ahs. And and then once you're there, you want to get to the next level, which is the person who, like, can, I don't know, blow your mind out of your ears. I was wondering where you were going. I don't one? know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, lead a political movement. Anyway. Um. Well, okay. And
2: so the, you're right. That, I guess it's, it's never gone or the impatience angle is never there. But the, I think to kind of break off on a tangent from that, I would say now more than ever, people are more impatient because there's more – you're more aware of what else is also going on at the same time, and on top of that, because you know that there are other things going on, you think the whatever you're in should be accelerated by way more than what maybe the standard is. Uh, and this is you know like a lot of movements that are being started now. It's I mean a lot of it is like a lack of patience. Like no like when do like what do we want? X, Y, Z, when do we want it?
3: Now. More asbestos. More asbestos.
2: <laughs> and there's actually, there's a funny Simpsons episode where it's like, what do we want? Uh, labor, c- civil labor laws in the next five to ten years. When do we want it? In the next five, five to, to ten, 10 years. years.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but like, what I, what I look at with some of the, you know, like hot button issues that are going on right now, while I think they're all like, you know, I think a lot of them are amazing and I think people should be standing up, at the same time, I'm like, but this stuff does take, like, there are sis, there are systemic changes that are you trying to be brought about. So, like,
3: some old people need to die. for things. Yeah, yeah, I no, for
2: real. Yeah. But with, like, like, women's pay inequality and race inequality and all this stuff that's going on right now, um, gender inequality, marriage, some of these things, like, again, you need people, like, at the forefront being, like, shit's got to change today, otherwise shit's never going to change. But the reality is, for a lot of this, it's... Going to take some time to create a fundamental shift in an entire system or
0: entire structure. Totally. I mean, I, I don't know why, but as you were talking, I just couldn't help but think of Tesla, and it's like this this company that is it has this amazing vision of like a electric future where our cars and our homes are just powered by stored sunlight, and uh, you know, Elon Musk has this. Grand solution and, uh, you know, wants to see fossil fuels completely replaced by, yeah, solar energy. And it's, um, it's awesome. And I think it's, it's going to, it's going to solve a lot of problems. But like you just said, that's something that's going to take a long time. We can't, even though a solution exists right now, you can go and buy an electric car or you can get a power pack and put it on your home and store sunlight. It's going to take a long time for us to make that shift. Um, even though everyone can, or everyone who's not part of the major Fuel companies, like who are profiting at the moment, can appreciate that that's going to be like a brighter future, and it's only going to uh, be a good thing that we make that shift. It's going to take a long time to mm-hmm. to reach that future. Um, it's because, uh, yeah, like as you said, it's it's like shifting habits and and like. Think about how many cars are on the road and how many cars will need replacing in order to make that shift, and how many homes are going to need to be uh, have solar systems installed and all that kind of thing. It's it's a huge thing, and um, yeah, I don't know why that example just jumped into my head. Yeah. Well, and
3: the... oh. well, and, and what and, <laughs> I'm what, be patient. Sorry, and what Elon <laughs> and what Elon says with that is that you know he came out and he released all the patents for the electric yeah, yeah. car technologies. He's like, it's not about me having all of the electric cars. It's about electric cars being the standard and gas cars being horses. And so, by releasing it, it speeds up the change. And then he did the same thing with PayPal and the internet. He wanted the internet to be the standard. It would never be the standard if he didn't, if, if the e-commerce piece didn't fall into line. So he fixed the e-commerce piece, and everything happened faster. And so, yeah, I think that kind of contradicts our whole impatience is bad thing. Impatience, in his case is accelerating these things that would normally take way, 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 way longer to ever, ever happen.
2: Yeah. The, I guess the, the pattern or the, the trajectory of it, and this goes to something like you mentioned with, with Tesla and everything, but even probably for goals we set for ourselves. And like Paul, you mentioned certain goals you have with your business. It, I think I think the, the natural pattern or the thought process or even how people become in tune with this stuff is it's like you're going from uninformed to aware to informed to recognition. Like, okay, I'm informed that there's something here. Now I recognize there's a problem to version 1.0 solution, version 2.0 solution and so forth. So... For the Tesla case, it's like, it's gonna take a long time because the general public is uninformed about fossil fuels versus uh, electricity, uh, solar energy and using an electric motor. So it's starting with taking people who are uninformed, making them aware, is that what I said? Aware, then informed. So if you go from uninformed to, okay, there, maybe there is a problem here, I've heard things about this before, I'm not familiar with it, to inform, oh, okay, this is the benefits of one versus the other. Then you recognize, oh, well, I see a
3: problem now. I'm going to contest that a little bit, though, because his whole thing is less about convince everyone that electric cars are cleaner and better for the earth. And he's, he's like, people, that, that's information that people don't buy into. What he said is, make electric cars cool and people will buy. And so like he's almost trying to even hack that level, that learning curve. Mm -hmm. Because he knows people will act according to their own vanity over any sort of uh, rational education of, of how things should be. And so like if you think about that with our impatience, like we rationally know we should be doing certain things. But emotionally, we want that piece of chocolate now. We want that um, we want that, that carrot that's dangling in front of us now. And and what is actually motivating us to get that, it's the status or the freedom or the whatever that we we see intrinsic in it.
2: Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're right. I, I guess the point I was making was more this is how you create an industrial change. So like other car makers are going to say, no, you're wrong. What's that all about? To, okay, he's got something here too. Oh, he got a patent. Now let's use that. But even on the consumer side of things, you could take the vanity aspect of it and still go from uninformed to, oh, there's a better, there's a sexier option out there mm-hmm. than that whole thing. So take like, I mean, take our business, right? Uh, some financials we ignored for a while, right? Uninformed to aware all right, we need to make more money Correct, As is aware to recognition that, oh, there's, this is actually a problem, right? There's a difference in just being aware about it and actually recognizing, okay, we got to do something, yeah. and then solution 1.0, cut okay. expenses, make more money yeah, no, than solution 2.0, make more money, et cetera. And Paul, with your goals, um, I think, um, I don't know, did you, did
0: you mention what your business goal was or no? uh i can 't remember did did I in the beginning um i mean in, in case i didn't yeah i'm trying to no, I think I did I was talking about um yeah, I basically want to grow my business and have a passive income from the business uh which is going to support me in the future, and that's that's like the vision that i've been working towards for the last one and a half years and um like yeah i've I've made significant progress, but uh as i've that that quickly kind of goes out the back of my mind as I focus on new more immediate goals um but yeah, that's what I'm working on.
2: Yeah, so you take your business goals, and I know like in your own mind, you've got a certain dollar figure attached to those goals. So you take that, but it's like, even with your own, with, with that, it started out as uninformed of like, you know, what would even be a good goal for this? I don't know. Yeah, How do you even make money passively? To awareness of, okay, there is something I can do here. I can create a product that I can sell to people, which you have done, to recognition of, well wait, I can be doing this better or more of it, I have a certain hard number I'm trying to get to and then this is the first way I'm going to do it and the second way and so forth.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, what you just described, it's like basically you're just deconstructing what you're working on. You've, You've gone from like a top level view of what you want to do to then, as you said at the end, you've got, okay, these are the actual things I need to do. And that's pretty much the approach that I use and that I try and teach people on my blog with, with everything. Like no matter what your goal is, if you're in your work or in your personal life, or if you have a fitness goal, whatever, you just need to go through a process of like, deconstructing that vision, that top level thing, that vision of, okay, this is what I want my future to look like. Now, what do I actually need to do to make that happen? What are the milestones? So for me, like, okay, I need to make at least, let's, let's say $5,000 a month before I can kind of replace my income. So, and, right. you know, co- cover my expenses and pay the mortgage and all that kind of things. So that's like, I, I'm not really comfortable quitting my job, until I reach that milestone so that let's $5000 well what are the milestones I can reach to get there so if $5000 let's just say is my yearly goal well in the next quarter if I could reach $1000 I've broken it, I've broken that down <clears throat> and it's much easier to bridge the gap between what I need to do right now today or this week and $1000 a month versus what do I need to do today this week and $5000 a month like it's, it, does that, have I explained that clearly? Like the the gap, the distance between those two is shorter by making the milestone like closer to the here and now?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, it definitely makes sense. It's like when you say, when you go for a run and you're getting tired, you're like, well, let me just make it to like that street pole, street mm-hmm. pole or that, that light pole. And then you get to that yeah. light pole and you're like, okay, you, you still need to make it home ultimately. But if you just think, all right, well, let me get to the next light pole, then if I want to, I can stop. But if you get to that light pole, you're like, all right, I'll get to the next
1: light pole. And yeah. eventually
0: you make your way all the way home. Yeah. I mean, to, to continue that deconstruction, like, so if I want to reach $1,000 a month, if I think about what are the numbers behind it, and this is the other thing I tell people is try and, try and make these milestones and these little goals very specific and, and tangible and measurable. So if, I, if my, my personal productivity toolkit, which is the main, that's the product I'm, I, I sell on my website at the moment. Uh, the main kind of complete package that I sell is $250. So to reach $1,000 a month, I have to sell four, which is one a week. So there you go. On a weekly basis, mm-hmm. I have to sell one product. And then it's, so now I can even go, well, what are the things I can do today to sell one product this week? And that's way more that's way more easier to kind of wrap your head around versus like trying to think of some vision for the future and working out what you need to do now to reach that. You just need to think about, well, for the immediate future to reach my thousand dollars a month goal within the next three months, I just have to work out how to sell one product this week.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, um, it's taking away the overwhelm, right? You break it down to the smallest fraction of what needs to get done or, or what needs to be accomplished.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and to loop this all back to impatience, like it's uh, my my impatience is going to be satisfied quicker <laughs> if I uh, if I can reach that one a week goal, like I'm going to be like, cool, sweet, I did it. Impatience uh, has been satisfied. Now I can move on to the next thing and become impatient again. But <laughs> there's like that there's like that moment of relief because I've reached that milestone, and I'm and I'm not just thinking about the one year goal. I've actually. Uh, had a little win and that's why I love like the quick win like psychology of like yeah if you can uh, every single day jot down the things you were happy you achieved or yeah what went well today and celebrate those quick wins it's a nice way of uh, like yeah I guess trying to dispel some of that impatience because you can you can use those quick wins as a way of just rewarding yourself and reminding yourself that you've made really good progress and you should enjoy this moment definitely And I think the other big part of this too is
2: what you, I think the phrase you used was deconstruct, right? But in the act of deconstructing, what you're doing is you're, you're putting a system around it and a structure like deconstructing is putting a structure around it. And that's where I think a lot of impatience stems from is having a, having a certain goal and being like, no, I don't it'll happen. But but having no idea how you're going to get there. Uh, like we're part of a Facebook group um, earlier today. Someone posted in there, like they have a brick and mortar storefront and they're like, you know, it's, I'm the only person I have to do everything. I, I'm freaking out because I don't even have a business plan. And then someone replied and was like, you don't need a business plan. You just need a dream and spirit and it'll happen. And Martin and I read that. We're like, Phew. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: hurts to read. Yeah.
2: Like, you don't, you might not need, like, a 10-page report or whatever, but you have to have something in place that's more than a dream and spirit.
3: You need to be able to look at some sort of metric. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what is Jerry Seinfeld's like, anyone can just take a reservation. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation?
1: Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars.
3: But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations.
1: I know why we have reservations.
3: I don't think you do. If you did, I'd have a car. (laughs) See, you know how to take the reservation, you just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> a reservation. That's that's the important piece.
2: <laughs> All right, so uh, we need to wrap up. Before we do, Paul, let our listeners know. Uh, kind of just tell us, tell our listeners about yourself, what you're working on, and where they can find you.
0: Yeah, so I am Paul Miners, and you can find me at paulminers.com. So Miners is spelled M-I-N-O-R-S. And uh, that's my personal website where I primarily blog about productivity. And my whole approach to productivity is I try to be very practical with the advice that I give and very... Uh, action focused so that it's easy to take the concepts and then apply them to your own life and for me productivity is a tool for getting more out of life it's not just about achieving more at work it's about being more effective and more efficient in everything that we do so all this stuff we've talked about I think has been highly relevant like whether it's health or the relationships that we have if you can be more productive more effective and more efficient you can get more out of life. So that's kind of my my approach and that's what I've been writing about. And uh, yeah, you can find me at paulminers.com and when you go there, the best place to get started uh, is with my seven-day productivity plan, which is a free email course that I have. It's uh, an email a day for seven days and you'll learn the, the kind of basics of productivity and how to use your calendar and your task management app to just get a bit more organized and yeah that's that's the best place to start and uh yeah that's me i'm at paul miners on twitter and that's probably where i spend most of my social life online is yeah twitter's kind of the main sandbox where i play so yeah that's me what's your favorite food (laughs) oh gosh that's i hate that question because it's so hard to answer i don't know uh, what did you have for dinner last night how about that Last night was uh, salmon and vegetables, actually. It okay, was uh, yeah. really good. Very nice. All right. So
3: it's clearly hot dogs and you should eat them very slowly so you can taste everything.
1: And yes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay.
2: So to wrap up now, we will go one by one. Paul will close with you.
1: Martin, will start with you. How do you cope with impatience? I hate you. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to, to break the silence, but I was. You have to. Um, That's your answer. Okay. Sitting with it. <laughs> Let me get to my answer. <laughs> no, I thought that was going to be your answer. Oh,
3: no, it's sitting with it. All right. S- sitting with the silence. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My answer for how do you cope with impatience? I got to steal two quotables that you mentioned to Paul during this. Um, Number one is what was, so that warrior book you mentioned, it was,
1: uh, uh, I'm here in this moment.
0: What was it again? Uh, So uh, what was it? What time is it now? Where are you here? What are you this moment?
2: Now here at this moment, I think that's a great way to start just, I guess, being more present and, and in the moment in things and reduce that impatience. And the other part of my answer would be kind of the last thing you touched on, which is the thing you're going after, deconstruct, you know, deconstruct the system, quote unquote, and do that so then you can construct your own system to get there. Paul,
0: how do you cope with impatience? Yeah, uh, so besides the deconstruction stuff that I that we just talked about, um, I think one of the really useful things people can do is to be consistent with the work that they do. So what I mean is, like, if you have a goal in mind, just show up every single day and try and do something. Like, even if it's a really small, little thing that you can do, um... Try and do something small every single day to just inch you towards your goal. And I think you'll very quickly find that the progress you've made is a lot more than you that you realize. And uh, I just think back to I started my website about one and a half years ago, and it was growing something from nothing. And, and now it's um, – I mean I've got a long way to go, but um, – I think I, I look back over the journey that I've had so far, and I'm like, "Wow! Like, I really have come quite a long way." And it's it just comes down to showing up every single day and doing something, even if it's just something very small. And that's just helped me to to just slowly inch closer and closer towards towards that goal. Yeah, for me, consistency: show up and do something small every day.
2: Paul Miners, thank you
0: for joining us and having some sweet conversation. Thank you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome discussion. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. And we will end with a moment of silence.
2: Oh man, talk about getting uncomfortable with the silence. That wrapped up our conversation with Paul Miners. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Weathering the ums and ahs and the awkward pauses and all the in-betweens and sharing some good tips as well. You, the listener, did you like this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews give us some great feedback as well as allow more people to find the show and thus more people can discover their inner Awesome. For full show notes of this episode, including references, resources, and how to find Paul, the whole kit and caboodle, you can get it all at idealemon.com. Belting out the tunes underneath my voice with our season four theme is Tia Einerson and her song, My Bones. It is off of her EP entitled Over Here. That's over here, like overhearing a conversation, just as you overhear all the conversations we have on this show. So that'll wrap up this one. Thank you again to Paul Miners for Martin McGovern. I am Rajiv Nathan. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We'll catch you next time. But until then, take care and be awesome today.